Welcome to ID the Future, a podcast about intelligent design and evolution. Welcome to ID the Future. I am Brian Miller. Today I'll be speaking with Dr. Jorn Dyerberg, who is a medical researcher at the University of Copenhagen. He pioneered studies on the importance of omega-3 fatty acids to human health and is considered by his peers as a living legend in the field. Today he will share with us a story and his interest in the discussion of intelligent design in nature. Dr. Dyerberg, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, would you please describe your work with omega-3 fatty acids? Yes, that's a long story. I was a young doctor back in the 70s when my head of the department decided that the two of us should go to Greenland to try to enlighten the enigma that our co-citizens, the Inuits or Eskimos in Greenland, had a very low coronary heart disease frequency in spite of their diet being from seal and blubber and being very fat, which should increase their blood cholesterols. And so there was an enigma, how come that they had low heart diseases? And now we went there to Greenland in, in over the years in the 70s and collected their blood and their food and whatever, and suddenly decided to examine their fatty acid content in their blood. And to our surprise, we found two new, to speak, they're not new, they've been there all the time, of course, but new to the public science and the nutritional science, omega-3 fatty acids, eicosapentaenoic acid and docosane, hexaenoic acid. And we decided to try to study whether these two fatty acids could have anything to do with their low coronary heart disease frequency. And based on studies that gave a Nobel Prize in England to, by Dr. Vane and two other Swedish doctors, finding out about prostaglandins that enhanced blood clotting, we found that EPA gave rise to prostaglandins that decreased blood clotting. And we thereby concluded that the reason for the Inuit's low or the Eskimo's low frequency of coronary heart diseases, which is a blood clotting disease in our coronary arteries, was due to their diet with their high content of long-chain omega-3 fatty acids. This we published in some international well-known journals, and gradually over the years, the interest by the Nutritional Society and the Nutrition Science was focused in on these long-chain omega-3 fatty acids, which generated a new aspect of human nutrition, the necessity of long-chain omega-3 fatty acids in health, not only in relation to coronary heart disease, but in relation to a lot of other disorders in our eyes and in our brains. That's, That's a short version of my 45 years of research or more in this fascinating area of long-chain omega-free fatty acids. Uh, Thank you. Uh, You've certainly been a pioneering researcher. And also, you had mentioned that early in your career, you became convinced that life demonstrated evidence of intelligent design. What led you to that conclusion? Yeah, that, that was something strange that came to me in, I can't say exactly when, but it was in the 70s and 80s. I haven't read anything about intellectual design or books or something, but I was sitting considering the new ideas of neo-Darwinistic theories that development and origin of life 
was based on the generation of the DNA and mutations in the DNA. And mutations was now considered as time-wise sequences that could be computed into the time for development of species and enzymes and all that. When looking on that, I, I by some chance, was relating to, I'm a medical doctor, but I have been a head of a department of clinical biochemistry, so I was also deeply involved in chemistry, and I was looking at, looking at the citric acid cycle, or Krebs cycle, which is the aerobic endpoint of energy harvesting from metabolism of the major part of our food, fatty acids, amino acids, and carbohydrates, which are metabolized in the mitochondria in both prokaryocytes and eukaryocytes, the two types of cells that dominates this world. And in this cycle, the energy is harvested, but it necessitates the existence of 10 different enzymes and a magnitude of coenzymes. And suddenly I realized, how could it be that mutation sequence in the DNA molecule by chance generated these 10 enzymes and their coenzymes just in a snap, or as the neo-Javanistic theory explained, one by one over eons. And over these eons, the other enzymes would just be sitting there waiting for the next one to come because the citric acid cycle cannot run without the uh, full complexity of all the things necessary for the enzymes to run. At that time, I have never met the um, expression irreducible complexities, but afterwards, many years since, when I read B, his book and whatever, uh, I, I felt that that was exactly what I experienced uh, way back in the 70s, looking at the citric acid cycle, that it was an irreducible complexity necessary for life. So I decided this cannot be done just by chance. It has to be generated by an intellectual design and an excellent matter. And uh, finding out of that, I discussed that issue with the scientific, I, I mean, I belong to a scientific community and not being too uh, proud of myself, maybe in the top of most of, uh, of areas in that. And when opening up this issue, I was just met by the, the neo-Darwinistic theory is true due to the simple fact that it is true. So I decided to switch a bit down from my discussion with that. So for very many years, I just kept it in my mind and say, uh, until I met good colleagues that had other ways of looking at that, amongst them my good friend Bill Harris, William S. Harris, who is a, who is a part of the Discovery Institute. And, and we made science together, and one day we discussed, and I, and I said, Bill, my opening to the issue was the citric acid cycle. And he said, I can understand you, Jorn. I can understand you. And then here we sit discussing this issue. <laughs> 
Well, so it sounds like what you're saying is you presented these challenges and they didn't have a scientific response, but it it sounds like they were just accepting the Darwinian story on blind faith. Yeah, the neo-Darwinian history is, by my colleagues in science, simply accepted. It's not proven, and, and I guess it's impossible to prove. My disproval of it fitted together with one of my other interests, the generation of the world, of the universe, astronomy, which is fascinating. They can calculate whatever, and myons, and whatever magnitude of forces, whatever. For me, this fascinating theory of the Big Bang and its description fitted in with my own fashion of the origin of life, which is exactly parallel to description of the origin of the universe, namely impossible to prove or give some scientific reasons for. You just have to accept it. And for me, I accepted it into an ID concept. That's very insightful. Yeah, many of our researchers have talked about how you see this evidence of design and the infusion of information in everything from cosmology to the origin of life to the development of life and the evolution of life. Thank you. That was really helpful and really insightful. And again, just to close, Dr. Dierberg, thank you for this fascinating discussion. For ID the Future, I am Brian Miller. Thank you for listening. This program was recorded by Discovery Institute's Center for Science and Culture. ID the Future is copyright Discovery Institute. For more information, visit intelligentdesign.org and idthefuture.com.